All right, what's up, y'all? It's December 12th, 2021, which is crazy. You're listening to the Quirk Tarts with Faye J and T Nasty. Hello. It's been hellas since we have recorded an episode, but you know how You know, we it's do. just a it's a biannual podcast, you know? <laughs> That's just our cadence. <laughs> but you know what? We'll get there. We're getting there. We got some fucking uh, intro music on y'all last right. time. So we don't want to dilute our content either, you know? Like- <laughs> exactly. Also, as you can tell by my first F-bomb, this is an adults-only podcast, so put your children to sleep or in the other room because I'm not going to be responsible for teaching them curse words. So <laughs> anyway, uh how are you feeling, T-Nasty? What's up with you these days? I'm okay. I, I honestly can't say I have too many complaints. I mean, you know, I think it's that time of the year. It's December, kind of trying to figure out what did I actually accomplish all year has <laughs> been on my mind. Uh, there's been a lot of changes, too, because, like, I start a new job where you know my kid is fully vaccinated now which is awesome uh, i got married there were so many great things Woo-hoo! great personal things that happened for me yeah uh, i actually like like my job too which is nice which is kind of weird to say i feel like i never say that i hate my job but you know, like when you're, you just feel like you're in the right place and like yeah. at the right moment and, yeah. and you're like, ah, this, this feels better than the last Yeah, feeling is, is kind of where I am at with that. And that's wonderful. And I feel like also with a bunch of just learning about myself um, and like prioritizing, especially um, COVID kind of ramping that up a bit about like what is actually important in your life um i feel like i'm actually more authentically myself when i show up to work and yeah um, and i also feel like leadership kind of gives me the space to be authentic so it's been it's been good and um yeah but like when i think about the things outside of my personal life um the world's on fire like the world is like in, in so many ways i feel like we're taking so many steps backwards as a society um but when i look when i also try to think about all of the happy moments the moments that i felt personally proud about um you know outside of my own personal bubble twenty twenty one was like a really asian year like uh when partially one squid game just blew up and i can't believe it's been i i feel like it was released like three months ago we're just now talking about squid game like that's how (laughs) that's how behind we are talking about uh pop culture events yeah but But i still am get like my algorithm on Instagram and Twitter still, still I still get a lot of like squid game jokes and like squid game like stuff about like the actors and, and yep. content and all that stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. they're still, still revel, rev, uh, like relevant and like they're working on a season two so I think like 
the build up and the success of that show was so amazing and interesting to watch like like kind of question like how did this come to be like why were so many people a fan of this show globally um, i personally love the show um and like we watched it the first weekend it was out before it was like popular popular and like me and my husband found ourselves like re-watching things and like we loved it so much from a just from like an entertainment value standpoint um and we were honestly surprised to see it kind of come back like around globe like and see how many people were so into it globally knowing that the subtitles no one people were watching it dubbed that was like mind-blowing to me people were watching it dubbed and I and then I tried to watch it dumb. I'm like, I can't stand that, it. No, that, no, don't know. But people were into it, even watching like it dubbed, and that like was bonkers to me. I think like I was reading somewhere, like part of the success was like it was like the most like it was dubbed in so many languages when it was first released, which like might have helped with um, just kind of like the views on it. Um, so I, I, I think like just from a culture standpoint, I was just so happy for this director, for that particular cast to get that kind of spotlight for that. Like they're, they're showing, the cast members are showing up on Jimmy Fallon, on like Stephen uh -huh. Colbert. It's like, people are like trying to pronounce their names. We're like forcing people to be like, no, I am so fucking Asian. You, you need to like bend over backwards. That's like, to say my name, to like actually look at my disc discography and like actually know like what I was in before and like research me if you want to book me. Uh, I thought that was just very interesting. It kind of like flipped it a bit. And like, you also see people getting dragged on the internet and social media for not knowing how big these stars are in their own mm -hmm. country. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just I'm here for it. I love it. And same with like BTS. BTS came to LA, came to US a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, but like before I get to that, I guess like did you like Squid Game? I did. Um, I did like Squid Game. It was difficult to watch. Um, to be honest, like just for me like I and you know this about me and I feel like I've talked about this on the show before but I like to watch mindless tv mm -hmm. you know like I like rom-coms and puppies and like romantic <laughs> stuff and cute stuff because I feel like for some reason the type of person that I am like I typically think about heavy social issues a lot in like the work that I do and the work that I'm passionate about can um, also be kind of political and kind of heavy at times. And so like when I'm just trying to check out for entertainment, I usually keep it light. Yeah. And so it was different, you know, for me to like take a deep dive into Squid Game and um, the violence and the gore um, and stuff like that was a lot um for me but the story itself I think like really resonated and 
Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it was it was just like wild. The, I feel like the internet was kind of split about the violence too, because I hear people saying like it was violent, but I don't remember being like, and I I personally get, uh, I, I, I there are movies and dramas where I'm like, okay, that was a bit too much. This one, I didn't feel like the violence was at the core of the commentary. So I almost like didn't notice it as much. I don't want to say like it came off like cartoony is not the right word, but it felt because I felt like in the beginning it was more of a social satire, like a political satire piece. That uh-huh. I don't know that I like paid that much attention to like the violence piece of it. Yeah, I that's real. But I also am one of those people who is still. I don't know how, like, even in our culture and and stuff that I've seen in my life, like, I'm still highly sensitive to violence, so, you know what I mean, like, people getting shot at close range and, like, things like that is generally, like, kind of triggering um, for me, so, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, dang, like, this is real, like, this is raw, you know what I mean, and, like, Another thing that stood out to me, you know, as you were saying, the, the the show itself is definitely about capitalism and how mm-hmm. poor people basically fight to the death in capitalistic societies and how like the criminalization of poverty and then also like the pathology of poverty. So there's a there's a way that people adapt and readapt and and train themselves and others to think about their condition and how they could get out of their condition and what they're willing to do Mm. um so so maybe just for the chance at changing their condition including like threat of like serious danger injury or murder you know what I mean like you know it's like it was deep. And I think that that is the thing that made it resonate with people globally, you know, because most of our right. societies are heavily influenced by, by capitalism at this point and, and, and through, you know, modern economies where corporations and the government are closely tied in. The average person is a salary worker or a working class blue collar person, or they're unemployed altogether and just trying to figure out how to survive. And it's cutthroat. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing. You are no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, It's like there's levels to it. Right. Right. Exactly. There's levels to it. Like somebody is answering behind somebody else. Like somebody is somebody else's salary man. And like there's a. Yeah. And then so like how we think about. People who have done crimes. We think of them as like criminals they get this permanent identity as like criminals or gamblers or thieves or whatever but it's yeah yeah the show kind of showed these people from like all walks of life from all demographics kind of going through the same thing yeah what i I, it's interesting because like i felt at first too that that was one of the reasons why there was such a big global audience around it but then as more content I was looking through as people were reacting to Squid Game and like coming out with theories and um, asking for like a season two, 
I almost was more compelled to think like, I actually don't know that many people got the social commentary piece of it if they were asking for a season two, if they were diving so deep into these theories, which is like, it's all like, that's all fun to do. But I'm like, I don't think the director, like the director, that ending scene, spoiler alert, um, when he's just standing there on the plane and here's his chance to freedom, here's his chance to actually do right by his family, be there for his daughter. He chooses to continue to get sucked into the same cycle. And like, as much as we try to do, like even with winning that money, he's getting sucked into the same cycle and that it's actually, even with all of that, with all of the sacrifices, everything that he went through, like it's still like, he's gonna go through it again. Uh, was kind of like what I took away from like that last scene was like, here we go again. And there wasn't like there isn't supposed to be an end. There is no conclusion, um, and mm-hmm. and that's why when people are like, "Oh, season two, season two, I'm like, "Did you guys get it?" <laughs> Did you I guys think that it? people just liked it so much that they didn't want yeah. it to end. I think that plenty of people probably did get it, but that they were like, "Oh, yeah, no, we don't like happened. we don't like open ended." Um, I love or what we think of as open-ended endings yeah. and so people I, like, oh, I, I want to know what happens next and I think that's yeah. why like we love k-dramas too is because yeah. there is most k-dramas just have this element of closure at at the end and like it's almost infuriating when they do not have any closure <laughs> it's like all these unanswered things um and people making the wrong decisions I guess like on the other end of the spectrum of Squid Game, but still Asian as hell, um, was Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you watched it recently too, right? I did, I did. That that $1.99 for us, we're like $1.99 subscription for Disney Plus. Like, it's our time for (laughs) Shang-Chi. Right, right. Disney Plus, old funky ass, finally put it on there not on the paywall and I was like all right cool so <laughs> we watched it I thought it was good like for a superhero movie you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and I always liked superhero movies when I was young but I feel like since I've gotten older I've become less interested and entertained by superhero movies like yeah just because there's a whole bunch of stuff in there but that's not what this episode is about <laughs> however for a superhero movie, for a movie that's PG or PG-13, I thought it was really good. I thought it was, like, entertaining. I thought that Simu's acting was good. He's, like, he had, like, a Mr. Wholesome kind of, it's like, so charming. way about yeah. him. And, like, he definitely really trained and I think did really well in like the transitions between him and his um, stunt double or stunt doubles, I think were done really well. There was only like a couple moments like on the bus scene where I was like, okay, that's clearly his double right there. But the majority of the time, like I can tell where he had like really put in a lot of work to um, become a hero. And I think that's really cool. It was nice to um, see that role and also I think for and I feel bad for not remembering the um actor's name that played his father you remember the Uh, actor's name Tony Long yes yes like he is like 
a truly amazing actor. And I think that I've only seen him and maybe a couple other things from the past, but like, I think that he had a lot of um, depth and it was nice to see a nuanced quote mm -hmm. villain. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. seeing nuanced villains, I think are um, interesting and helpful for particularly when they are um, people of color and that like exist in many different places and have had to exist in many different places I feel like it was um really interesting I thought that his interaction with Aquafina's character was interesting like Shang-Chi and what was what was Aquafina's character's name I don't remember but basically remember. they were like friends but they didn't know if they wanted to Very be in love time. or not I'm yeah. like mm, I don't know how I feel about this I feel like y'all should just like be in love or not like that yeah, was a little it, bit it too loosey-goosey for me they made it very bro sis uh yeah. and like that's fine I like I would actually prefer if it was just very much established and there was no guessing game of like whether it was a platonic relationship right. or not. Right. But like, I feel like there were moments where they kind of implied that is it more than platonic? Yeah. Uh, but I, there is a part of me that wishes Aquafina got her spotlight as a character that deserves love too you know because right that's what i'm saying i'm like if you love him and y'all like each other like y'all should go together in this movie <laughs> you know what i mean like why do y'all why like is there some right. kind of like marvel universe reason for this because right. i'm not really feeling that part i feel like that was one of one of the very few like very few things that i didn't like about the movie i'm like okay also speaking of aquafina like I like her. However, mm -hmm. I feel like she need to go by the name her mama named her because <laughs> this Aquafina situation, it just, it just, it irks me every time I hear it. So Nora. Nora. Yeah. She, I mean, she, she does have a show called Nora from Queens. So Nora from Queens, <laughs> you need to, if your mama named you Nora, that's what I'm as I'm calling you Nora because this Aquafina I want her is I outdated. I I also feel like when she first when she came up through like crazy rich Asian, she was very heavy in the like comedy scene, and that was very much like her stage name. But I think like if she, I I hear you. Like I feel like in order, and even Nora, <laughs> I'm just like. I, is it I don't I, I think she I think she's trying like I think she's getting there to finding her space in the industry like is she a comedian is she like a musician is she an actor and like she actually is really really good in her serious like drama stuff I actually like her yeah. more in that role um I also really liked her in like Raya um in the last dragon like her i okay. just feel like she find like those are very niche roles for her um but i hear you like but i now but everyone knows her as that yeah but it's not too late to do the right thing you know it's yeah. not too late to do the right thing yeah 
And like I was familiar with Aquafina like before she like kind of blew up in in Crazy Rich Asians. Like I used to listen in to some of her podcast stuff and like I had heard her albums when she was a rapper, mm-hmm. basically. And I'm like, okay, she's interesting enough and I kind of see what she's doing, but like why is she calling herself Aquafina? Like I feel like I get it, but I also feel like she probably doesn't understand why it's uncomfortable to black folks to hear that you know what i mean it's like granted i know that people of color have their own experiences in the hood and like growing up in in the hood and like neighborhoods of you know black and brown like poor folks and stuff like that we come up with all sorts of different humor and comedy and things like that but like i feel like in her platform now like still utilizing like a name that black girls in particular are called when people make fun of them is just like a little bit socially irresponsible mm-hmm. um and you know like that's my own thing to deal with i'm just saying like i wish that she went by her name you wish she did a little rebranding <laughs> yeah i wish that she you know reinvented that part of herself a little bit more but yeah yeah, overall back to the movie though I really did um I enjoyed the movie I thought the acting was great and the action was cool and I think that it was like a heartfelt story so kind of similar to Squid Game like I loved Shang-Chi for what it did for the culture like it puts um it, it it kind of it's to me having an actor like Simu Liu and and Nora Lum <laughs> um, in these like Marvel movies to kind of showcase and like Tony Long too like he is a Hong Kong movie icon like he like how he is up when people think about like Hong Kong pictures like Tony Long is like top of the list like and and, and also like Jackie Chan like people that did, did things for um the industry and really put like hong kong and like china chinese films on the map um he was very pivotal in that and like a lot of it is his ability to have like nuanced acting um where he plays different characters and he plays different and that are it that is very like progressive i think like there's one movie that he did where he plays like a gay character and we're talking about like in the 80s or 90s of like Hong Kong films like playing Mm -hmm. these like major pictures um you know he's uh, for him um I I wish I think uh, we didn't see it in theaters for the obvious reasons like I don't know that we would ever really be comfortable sitting in a movie theater for like two hours um you know anytime soon no shade to anyone that has or whatever um but for us it just doesn't feel great knowing that we can consume these things so easily like from the comfort of our own home where we can feel safe um i think like if i saw it in theaters it would have made a different impact on me kind of sitting like seeing um these individuals on the major like on a major screen versus the comfort of my own home all i do is consume like entertainment where everyone looks like me I was just like, eh, and like, I found myself critiquing it from, you know, just from like a film point of view. 
um and i in like a storyline point of view there was for me just felt like i got the heartfelt part of the story it didn't tug any of my heartstrings though because it felt the storyline feels done in some like not not the superhero part but like the the kind of baseline uh trying to get my parents approval not knowing how to do that trying to find myself in these like two worlds um how can i be like me um but like still like remember all the things that happened to like my family's history and all that is also still very much a part of me like all of that feels uh, like I'm I'm waiting for something more innovative when it comes to um, just uh, not necessarily like Asian um, pictures and and dramas and all of that but like specifically Chinese storylines uh, I just I'm waiting for it to evolve like I'm waiting for it to evolve beyond martial arts I'm waiting for it to like we're still talking about Bruce Lee era here you know like we're still talking about like this is what people know Chinese actors and stories to be is this is very much still this and I'm yeah. like waiting for it to be more it's and I think it's a pivotal it's still like a milestone for us to get a Marvel movie, if you will. Um, but it's still the same thing. You know, we, there's no, you know how many versions of like, how many Spider-Mans there are? There's no Asian Spider-Man though, <laughs> you know? And like Sesame Street, like Sesame Street has all the them, but like they're getting their first Asian Muppet. And like, it, like there's, it, it, there's still in so many ways, like we are still put in this, very narrow lane of like what we are allowed to do um and like how far we get with it as well so like yeah i i, I think i think all those things are still bothering me and like why i can't bask in the glory although like simu was perfect for this like his i've watched all of his interviews with like talk shows and all of that and he was like the perfect person because I also think like he's questioning all this too like where now yeah where do now like what do I do now after I become like a Marvel superhero that does martial arts am I gonna now only do this kind of character and especially after like the the fallout over Kim's convenience and like that mm, show jumping exactly. the shark because it definitely yeah. jumped the shark that show has so much potential at first and then you could just tell that like it completely it, lost it its, its period right? and, and purpose um, um so i think like him living through all these things is also like you know a, a kind of reminder of these are still the only things we're allowed to do um given the opportunity to do knowing that we can do more and we're waiting for the opportunity to do more and yet still feeling very compelled to be like I almost have to do this first in order for me to like find the the more gratifying the more like um the role that I know that I'm meant to do mm -hmm. um, that is outside of just me looking the way I am or like all of that. I ask you something though yeah. And this question is probably racist, but I'm asking you <laughs> anyway. So bear with me. You said something along the lines of like, you know, even at this moment, like, you know, it's 2021 and like we so Asian American people, particularly East Asian American people, 
getting certain roles like in like television, movies, you know, et cetera. You said something along the lines of like, we're still given like these type of roles. Like, do you get a sense that the gate there's gatekeeping in white Hollywood that is causing this or that it is like a a a divide between like Asian owned media and mainstream studios that are just not working together like what do you think is like the root cause of the issue because it has it seems to me at least that like there's a lot more representation of like you know, East Asian actors and Asian American actors like in the mainstream stuff, but like it does seem pretty recent and like because of movies like, you know, um, Parasite and Minari and now Squid Game, like it, I'm saying like, why do you think it isn't where it could be? Like, is it gatekeeping in white Hollywood or is it something? I don't see how it cannot be the gatekeepers because, you know, when we're talking about like Marvel versus Squid Game, mm-hmm. which is very much like Netflix put uh, Netflix Korea in charge of that, you know? And like, they were they were really designed, like, perhaps they were just like, perhaps Netflix was staying on top of the wave and saying like, people from all over is consuming Korean content, like less, like, were they making it? Like the director was making it for Korean folks. I don't think that he had any intention of this being global. It's like, I want a global audience. He was like, I'm going to make this for like, for Korean folks. Netflix just had like the additional gear to be like, let's make sure it's available in every single language possible known to man. Like, let's make sure every single country can watch this perhaps because of production value perhaps of all the money that invested to it but the reason why i love squid game so much more than shang chi is like there was nothing conventionally asian about squid game like per- there were nuances in terms of the very specific korean things that were like in 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 the series but like again to what we were talking about it was such a universal concept that like it didn't have it didn't feel like it was more so teaching it it almost sought out to teach uh, i don't know that it sought out but like it seemed like people wanted to learn more about these korean things that were new to them versus shang chi was like these are already things people already know and associate with like Chinese culture or like Asian culture whereas like they've never they've never heard of the Delgana game before they've never like they don't know the Marvels game and for me I'm just like oh these are when I watched it I wasn't like what was this I've watched enough K-dramas and variety right, right, right. like I know what this is I don't need the, yeah. the actual yeah, yeah. but people were actually learning about these things about Korean and that's why I love Korean uh entertainment so much is because they're not trying to be something else you know they're just like very much korean and people seek out to learn more about korean culture after watching you know what whatever show that they're they that got them hooked in the first place like they people find themselves wanting to learn the language instead of the other way around like korean entertainment trying to conform i mean that's another story should we move on to bts The same with BTS, right? Like yeah. they get all like they are. I have not, and I think I talked. We talked a little bit about this too. Maybe it wasn't on the podcast, but 
I loved BTS pre Boy Would Love with Halsey, you know, like everything prior to that, like I was in love with, not because I understood the language. I got hooked on the melody, I got hooked on the videos, and then I sought out the lyrics. I tried to find out what they were actually talking about, and then finding out that the lyrics were bomb. Like they were so like original and like for me i was missing that from my music consumption for a really really long time was like i was waiting for originality and bts was very much that when they decided in order to infiltrate into the american market was to be bubbly pop to have very one-dimensional lyrics Mm -hmm. Um, and so hence like boy with love hence you know dynamite hence butter like all of those things as as fire and as as hit the hits that they are and they are warranted to be hits don't come at me army i am very much army speak on it though speak on it though you know yeah but like let's let's be real we all know that those were these are two two sides of bts of the yeah same it's yeah two very different yep. things and it would the armies that have been armies from pre-Halsey days, like, no, like, we're armies for not because of this bubbly pop stuff. Like, they make bangers because they know how to make bangers. They're also like, this is how superficial the American market is. We can, like, actually create very easy music for them. Like, they can churn this out like nothing. Um, and take uh. every single, like, we'll, we'll top every single chart. We are like BTS level in America right now is ridiculous um, in a very great way. And and it's very similar to Shang-Chi and very similar to Squig. I'm like very happy for their success in these markets. Um, And perhaps you just need to infiltrate the market to do what you seek out to actually do, like get people hooked, get like you put out the sample product. (laughs) And then you get them hooked and they'll come back for more like that's kind of I, I'm pretty sure that's what BTS is seeking out to do, but guess what? They're not getting this Grammy again. Like they're not going to get it. That's it's, that's it's the because game. of the invisible the wall. Ariel was talking about that. There's an invisible wall. Like there's yep. Yeah. He he phrased it as an invisible wall that yeah. like prevents um, particularly Korean artists from a like getting fully recognized for like who they are uniquely as an artist and then b like gaining awards and like opportunities and I wonder like when he said that like was he also kind of expressing some survivor's guilt Mm. um because there have been attempts of other um, K-pop groups who like kind of started followings and are pretty big in the U.S. and like they're either no longer together or you know it, it just sucks. kind of fell off like yeah it, um, it it reminds me of how I felt like when I was watching these last couple of weeks of all of their press um, in the U.S. Like in order for any cape, let's let Asian music that comes that actually comes from Asia for in groups and artists that come from Asia. In order for them to be successful, they have to be on BTS level. 
like what kind of weird precedent is that you have to be out like you have to be selling out stadiums yeah. you have to be on every single award show like bts works hard this they are the the asian music model minority myth like yep ain't no one can achieve this level of success like after this like you're, you're setting like this weird precedent and like i'm sure they feel it too like they're like are like they they say on so many things like are we that much better than everyone else i'm like truthfully i don't know but like rather that's true or not everyone has their own musical taste and whatnot and like that i personally when i look at my spotify rap 2021 BTS is not on that list. As much of an army that I am, like BTS is not on my top five. And because of the recent stuff that they did, but I consume so much BTS content. I watch all of their variety show episodes because I love them. I, I bought In The Soup season two because okay. I'm like, I miss BTS so much. And they like, are I'm hilarious, like, man. Like they could just be like comedians, like reality star people. I feel like I, I'm like hilarious. I I we literally consume BTS content like no other, except for their recent music. Yeah, <laughs> like I've only really liked some of the remixes. Like I love the Megan Thee Stallion Butter remix. I feel like her bars made that song a complete song. I, I also do. However, I do think I like the BTS and Coldplay collab. Oh, you know what? I did like that one too. Um, and it, it grew on me. I was like, eh, I don't really know. But then when I looked up the lyrics, I was like, oh, this is really sweet. This is like really wholesome. Yeah. I actually like play that song and dance around with my little baby now yeah. sometimes because <laughs> it, it's sweet like that. And I also, this is going to sound so random. I wasn't sure if I really liked Permission to Dance, but then... I heard it with new ears when I heard the R&B remix and I was like the R&B remix is what the original version of that song was supposed to be. I don't think I heard the R&B remix. I need to play it now. When you hear the R&B remix you're like this probably is how the song was supposed to sound to begin with and then they They decided to put that that pop beat on it and then it's like oh I know. So I, I only listen to the R&B version of Permission to Dance because like it just kind of reminds me of like old school BTS. They, they they also like put out these songs that have like 10 different remixes on it. Like Shaka would put like weird Tropic beats and like <laughs> they have 10. I literally there's a playlist. Uh, I think like I forget if it's like Diamond or Butter is like all of the remixes. Yeah, Butter <laughs> has like eight different remixes they got the holiday one it just came out the holiday one right right i'm like y'all put some jingle bells on this for no reason <laughs> speaking of bts talk about though, the summer they're talking about being hot in the summer and then they did about- these little funky ass concerts in la that we didn't get to go to which i'm still jealous about so i hate every person that went to that because i was still trying to be up in that bitch everyone deserves to go to a bts concert however good for you but whatever um but they got on instagram master finally refunded my money (laughs) oh good finally it took like two years but um they got on instagram and like broke instagram and v has been low-key wilding on there (laughs) since he joined and he was like i think they said he added jenny from accidentally well they yeah he added on there and he was like 
I can't add people on here. And he was like, this is a scary app. Like, but the thing is, like, he said not that make on- recommendations, please, Instagram, because I'm confused. The, so the really cute and charming thing about that entire thing was that he went onto Weavers to complain about Instagram. <laughs> to complain about Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. And okay, so then the fan wars too, because SZA mm-hmm. was talking about how she met them, but I feel like she said nonchalantly, oh, well, they didn't really care. because They didn't know, like, like, they, she basically she implied like, that they didn't know her. She was like, they was like, yeah, I met them, but I don't really think, you know, I don't they, think they cared or whatever. But then her fans was, like, going all off, like, saying, like, yeah. some crazy shit about them. And she was like, hey, I was just saying it was loud and dark in there, but right. it's not a big deal. And then BTS Army, Scary Armies, the muscle came in. The fucking <laughs> little hellbound demons rolled in and was like, Ugh, this and Bubba and Lizzo just did this and this. Y'all need jobs in therapy because you have to stop caring so much about what famous people do and don't do. It's not that serious. Me, though. His, he's so messy, though. He kept it going right so then he posts an old ass later gram this was like two days ago <laughs> weeks later post post the video and people already forgot in the video was like yes <laughs> it's like wait a minute like he like no let's keep it going just so you know but he did tag SZA he did he tagged her in the video almost being like I knew she was there, you you guys. They definitely know who SZA is. (laughs) They have, like, referenced her before. It was like, oh, yeah, we like SZA or whatever. They know who she is. She, yeah, yeah. I was like, just because they weren't, like, starstruck. She also might not know that they're not allowed to touch women in public. Yeah. So she might not know that part. They probably just didn't want to make it hot, but it ended up backfiring. But I also was like, if we're going to go down this route, like, and not to get all scary army, and I'm like, but do do you guys, did SZA know who those individual people were instead of just, like, BTS? Like, Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, also, like, I don't, like, it's funny, but it's also not that serious. It's like, at the end of the day, they're, like, Lizzo loves BTS, you know, V-Men right. is her favorite, as it should right. be, V-Men right. for life. They are, and, V-Men, V-Men and, 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 and V-Cook have been um, very suggestive in their social, in, in their, they're just, like, almost like, we're not hiding it anymore, not that yeah. we've been hiding it in the past, but, like, yeah. fuck your, like, cultural norms, fuck your, like, heteronormative like homophobic (laughs) yeah like you know we go together we all go together and like say something because fuck you i'm here for it too i love it i love it a lot (laughs) but that's been interesting very interesting people i'm very happy for their success here and all the things and like they're sold out concerts and just everyone having a blast at those concerts i like live vicariously through all of it um, Mm -hmm. for like weeks uh i'm still very jealous and i cannot wait till they're back on like tour 
tour and I'm done with the virtual concerts. Like I miss being amongst the army dumb. But it might be a couple of years though, because I don't think they're gonna skate off this military service. Like they got the extension. I think if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it next year just to make sure that they're all there before like the last I think they're all gonna go in all together. They have to. They have to. I think they're trying to like that's why they're all making their own Instagrams and they're like now allowed to have like all their own Instagrams is to have their own individual followings. But come on, they all had their individual followings before all of this. Like, and and I think like that, this, them joining Instagram is very much preparing for perhaps they won't be going into the military altogether. And they're gonna have to do some like solo things in the meantime. Oh, I think they should go together, but. One big military orgy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was thinking, but I mean, okay, sure. All right. I feel like there's been a couple groups who've done that recently. Like, not granted, not this level groups, but no, no. (laughs) Going to military service at the same time. Wow, you're so naughty, friend. Um, Yeah, I feel like. like most groups kind of divvy it up in half almost like mm-hmm. half of them go and then half of them stay and then they swap when um, is Beckyon getting out the military oh i don't know i feel like i, surpri- he- I surprisingly miss him yeah i i actually miss big bang like one mm. when rotten apple spoiled the bunch but like i was i was waiting for their comeback mm. Uh, mm. okay I was waiting for them and like they technically could now since like he the one who shall not be named like is put away so like the rest of them can like do something but I think think they probably feel like it doesn't feel the same but he was wild and no yeah like wild and for real for real yeah it's interesting but I'm waiting for some k-drama actors though like I'm waiting for um phs to come back with like wait who is phs hong sick hong sick from um oh yeah he should yeah, be he, getting out soon i think or if he, i think he, yeah i think he already is he got out and he has to be working on dramas but i'm like waiting for his like comeback after the military drama yeah um That's the one i've been waiting on I think my boo just got out. <laughs> my boo just got out. I'm a, a Ludo Wan fan. Mm-hmm. Love him. I think he's a great actor. I think he has range. Yes. I only watched King Eternal Monarch for him, y'all. So, no. And I was probably the last person in the world to watch the King Eternal Monarch, but yeah. I haven't watched it yet. What? Wait. I thought, I don't know why I thought you had watched it. No. The King of Colonel Monarch is like so, it's so K-drama. Like, it's extravagant for no damn reason. I I watched the first episode and I knew I was going to be into it, um, but just hadn't picked it back up. It was one of those. 
But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's a weird, I feel like it's a weird Mr. Queen kind of like, uh, what's the other one that I, Crash Landing on You? It has like that kind of vibes to it where there's like threads of comedy. There's, it's time travel, yeah. it's parallel universes, it's <sighs> alternate Korea political climate mm-hmm. things. Like it's, but still randomly like a love story that like is unnecessary but it feels absolutely necessary (laughs) and like it's just so much but it was one of the only k-dramas I could get my boo to watch with me my husband to watch with me and he watched it and he really liked it he was like okay this show is crazy I think he also liked that it was heavy on the gun side. So like the alternate version of Korea, like yeah, their cops like be strapped or whatever. They walk around, guns drawn. It's like crazy. He was like, man, they cops was like wilding in there. Like, I don't know. He just really liked it because it was action packed. I might, I might pick that up over the holidays. It's like, it, I feel like it has something for everyone. I, I, it's been on my list and I think like sometimes it's just like motivation to like, you almost have to be like in the mood for it. That's how I feel about Vincenzo because everybody's saying that they feel like I would love that one, but I haven't like picked it up yet. So I think, yeah, it's less, it's less action heavy than I think you like originally think. Mm -hmm. The first episode was pretty action heavy. (laughs) <laughs> it was oh, they almost oh, like he just blew it. up a fucking like <laughs> field of like yeah the first rocks. episode is not indicative of a future episode. okay um but i guess with that like knowing that we have a break coming up i i do need like i would, would like to binge watch one less k drama for the year maybe the king in turn more like will will be on the list um but i'm still debating what that one show is i guess like if you had to pick a k-drama of the year that actually came well we'll do two categories because we know how you are um we'll do the first category is k-drama of the year that actually came out this year but then the second one we'll we'll do like the k-drama that we watched this year that was like that took it for that was like this was the most memorable thing Oh man, I don't even know if I can answer this question. Because um, <laughs> there's too many or too little. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, been, you've been busy uh, so I feel like Squid Game is the best, like, K drama, Korean yeah. language, Korean industry TV show but yeah. it doesn't function like a K-drama that I would typically watch. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that was the best one. However, K-dramas that I typically watch, I think the best one, though I was like frustrated with the ending, was Yumi Cells. Um, what did you like about it? I liked the cells. I thought they were <laughs> so, so cute and funny. <laughs> I thought they were uh, so cute and funny. The horny ones were like the best. The horny ones and the hungry ones like spoke to my heart. Hilarious. (laughs) I also love Ahn Young 
as yeah. an actor I think he has a lot of range like so he can play he can play a cop or a soldier but he can also mm-hmm. play like a little Those nice boy like a little wholesome boy he can also play like you know like a dad type like yeah. he can also play this little like you know as soon as I as soon as I finish Yumi Cells, I watched My Name on Netflix because he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can handle that one. That one's tough. Yeah, that one's yeah. tough. <laughs> I was like, oh no. But doesn't he like get killed in that spot spoiler? Oof. Sorry, yo. You're not gonna watch it, right? Yeah. No, like- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna watch it. No, especially if I know audience. he gets killed. <laughs> yeah it's like the last like 10 minutes of like the last episode i cannot watch my faves get killed like i won't even watch hurang because i know that that dies in that <laughs> so we're we spoilers if you've never Hurang seen Hurang. Too. he comes back there's this magical potion <laughs> no bs anyway <laughs> i did like yumi cells i was disappointed in the ending however i know that they're bringing it back for season two so I'm gonna give it a chance yeah I hope season two comes back soon because one thing that I feel like I don't have a lot of attention span for is like when there's too much gap between season one and season two kind of like love alarm, love alarm. yes I was just gonna say too that. much of a gap I'm just like I'm no longer invested you've lost me like yeah you've lost me. I've literally consumed 20 other dramas in yeah. between this time I cannot like you're you're not gonna get way. Even if I rewatch it, it just doesn't feel the same the second yeah. time around. Yeah, that's why I'm worried about these talks of an Itaewon class um, yeah. season two because I really liked the first season and the ending so much that I'm worried about what the season two. I hope it's just like a, it, if, I feel like if K drama like season twos are just spinoffs it'll be fine like it'll be like it's a new story similar context but it's just like it's new uh, like you focus on a different character or a different chapter and it has nothing to do with season one it's almost like it can live on its own and um, I'm like I'll be into that however okay. like if it's that's how I feel about like Hotel de Luna 2 I feel like that's one that you also haven't watched but might be like up your lane that you haven't okay. watched yet Okay. Uh, they kind of hint at a season two and they haven't really done it mm. so I'm like I if that season two is more of like new characters similar context I'll be into it but please don't do like a continuation of the first season yeah Yumi Cell does need to be a continuation though but I'm like they only have a very finite amount of time before they lose me <laughs> yeah I'm just I'm just mad because I was rooting for Yumi to get her life together and I'm very interested to see how this one ends. Also for her boo to like get his life together as yeah. well because I feel like both of them have potential but they just they're both like opportunistic and don't know how to communicate and right. it makes for a rough relationship you know. I so for my K-drama of the year like different categories Squid Game K-drama of the year because like I again I wouldn't name call it like a K-drama um but for what it did for the culture and like just the satire around it I I loved it Vincenzo was my like traditional K-drama like K-drama of the year like it hit all of the things for me it was a good mix of like 
action, comedy, rom-com, like it was all of that baked into one. Um, and it didn't feel overly too much of anything. I think, it, and it, there was not, to me at least, like it didn't feel like a not many gaps. Like you always have like those empty episodes towards the end that like don't really matter. I feel like it was a really good show. So like, I, I think that was like my traditional K-drama of the year. Yumi Sills was like my surprise, like the dark horse. Like I didn't expect it to like it as much as I did. And I think I liked it because it actually was, it deviated from your typical K-drama algorithm and like formula. Um, because like they just date from the start and the whole thing is about them dating. Whereas in right. a K-drama, they've known each other, they date for one episode, they're happy for one episode. Right. And, and, then, then, yep. <laughs> exactly. and then their entire relationship is back like on on like the brink again. But that's why I like Yumi so like we're actually following their dating relationship. It was a lot more like real, even though it was like half like animated, it was a lot more real in terms of what dating I don't know what also, they, they only happens, made but... them like asexual for a half an episode. Yeah. So once they actually had a sexual relationship, it wasn't a secret or yeah. stigmatized. Yeah. Which is like a weird like K drama thing. It's like these people are 30 something. Do you think they're gonna yeah. act like virgins? Like, what's right. wrong with y'all? <laughs> y'all need y'all need that's a whole different like that's why Podcast I liked show, it. So. It felt very real, even though it was animated. Um and so even like their breakup felt very real. It's just like, why wouldn't she, like, why wouldn't they break up after like all of this that's happened and like, there's just no trust and no communication. Uh, I just hope they get it together. Like you said, like, I hope they get it together. I hope they like learn from the experience and like just decide like whether to be in each other's lives or not. Um, I'm interested though. I'm or interested. she could pull a Issa from Insecure and slide in on Jin Young as yeah. a reboundy, and you know, but we all know, you know we're not. She's not into him like that, and like he's too like ambiguous about his his intentions too. But yeah. I love that dynamic. I love that like, and that's so real, isn't it? That's so real. Like having that person, like, is he or isn't he? Should we or shouldn't we? <laughs> kind of person in your dating life I don't know it's been a while for both of us so. yeah it has definitely <laughs> been a while for me you know I mean yeah mm -hmm. I love I love the all of the characters in that series yeah. as well in general they all played a good part um so I'm I, I'm interested for more for them but again they only get me for two months. If it's not out in the next two months, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm still sad that Jisoo got canceled. So I hope he's yeah. uh, doing all right in his new life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so. sure he'll make it somewhere. It might not be Korea. Oh, like, sure the guy, Dimples. Oh, good Parks boy. Kim Sonal, yeah. He successfully skirted a cancellation because he Man, was definitely got, about to get canceled. I got whiplash from all of like, that. He was like, <laughs> nah, so jokes and on then, you. And she ended up getting canceled. The woman who tried to smear him ended up getting canceled. I haven't been in this like K drama culture for that long, oh but I had so far I had never seen Dispatch actually like 
standing up for an entertainer. <laughs> they usually drag them down. Um, but like, I, I can't, I don't know. It did the, the scandal and all of that did ruin it a little bit for me. Like, I don't know that I can like, how can I not think about the scandal, whether right or wrong or whoever, like, I just don't know that I can consume his work. Like, yeah. I mean, unpopular opinion, though. I wasn't feeling hometown cha-cha-cha or startup anyway. I didn't finish either one of them. So it makes me know nothing. Never mind. I mean, I think he's got some like little nice dimples or whatever, but like I didn't like either one of them shows. I liked them so. both. I, I mean, I liked startup. I didn't really like hometown cha-cha-cha, although I felt obligated to watch it because I'm a fan of his and I like his variety show work, but then he they took him off the variety show. Um, and they're yeah, standing by it. Interesting. So, so because they took him off the variety show, I have no other way to consume his content. So I don't know. I'm just going to forget about him. Oh. That's how it goes in this game. That's how it goes. <laughs> I used to watch him every single week because he's on that variety show every single week. And I think he's like brilliantly comedic in that, which is why I watched it. Uh, and that's why I also felt compelled to watch Hometown Cha Cha Cha. Um, but that was 10 hours that I wished I never watched. Like, and 10 hours I wish I could get back, honestly. Well, I wish I could get back eight of those hours is from Nevertheless. Yeah. Like the first two episodes slap. The mugs bang. Talk they about hit hard. Let down. But after yeah. episode two, I was like, what is this? <laughs> What is this? This show has so much potential. So much potential. It, it, it really could have been great. Um, but yeah, it, it, I... And both the actors, the two leads are great actors. The fact that we were so committed, we are like, they have to turn this around. Yeah. <laughs> they have to see turn this around. I have to like, yeah, but they, it didn't. It did not. Yeah. The both of those, the both the two leads are really great actors, and I don't know if it was like the writing or what. Some of it was the production. I'm not gonna lie, I was super distracted by some of the production stuff. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode or not, but like at one point they were like sharing clothes. I could tell that yeah. the <laughs> actors were like rotating the capsule wardrobe, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah. this is so distracting. Like. You know what I mean? Like, as a person who's done theater before and done acting before, like, if I could yeah. see the actors sharing outfits, it's distracting to me. Ru ruins, ruins the magic. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't so, know whose fault that was, but it was, like, a letdown, so. I think Nevertheless definitely takes the cake for the K-drama that we wasted the most time watching. The silver lining for me, though, is that I now know who Sam Kim is, and yes. I love him. I've been really yes, into yes, Sam yes. Kim's music, like, since I'm watching the show. And He did that. <laughs> he I was like, okay. <laughs> he did that, yes. He is so good. I'm, and I'm really glad that put him on the map, too, because I feel like he was working so hard at such, like, he was so underrated for a really long time. I knew him before, um, like there was a few like random like one-off songs that he did, but I'm so happy for him. And like, get, again, I'm just like in it for like 
the Asian creatives finding their place on the map. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling Sam Kim's music these days, so that's been cool. He's pretty good. Yeah. Anything else as we wrap up the last the last episode of the year? My camera just got weirdly out of focus, but y'all don't see us anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. What were you going to say? Nothing. I'm talked out. <laughs> talked out. Let's see how long we've been talking. I don't know. It doesn't show. It'll show me in a second, but we've probably been talking for a little minute. Um, well, this year is almost over. I made it. I had a kid and went back to work and went through some stuff and doing fine, you know. Um, I am going to go to therapy, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, like the, the last four years have been significantly life changing, just like as an individual person and also navigating these things like with COVID, like just really changing everybody's life. I feel like it's been really interesting. So we'll see, but my kid is doing good. He's a good baby. Like I'm still married and our marriage is still intact. We like each other for the most part. He also gets on my nerves significantly, <laughs> but I also cannot do this without him so I'm just really grateful for our marriage and our partnership I recognize that I'm like really privileged you know what I mean like and it's crazy and all this too I think has made me like appreciate my parents more and my childhood more you know like I I understand now like a lot of the sacrifices that they made for me and my sister so a lot of things have come full circle so it's crazy how parenting is oh, in many, many ways, parenting ourselves and like our own inner child. Yeah. Um, and that's, I feel like that's part of the parenting that no one really talked to me about, you know, it was a lot of like survival things, bare necessity things, how to teach them like right from wrong, but like the experience of like coming to terms of forgiving my parents um uh, understanding my parents understanding myself a little bit more um I no one really talked to me about that but it's very much part of my like parenting journey what are your uh, hopes and projections for 22 to more fuckery uh, <laughs> but on like a more personal front I've been like really um trying to learn how to not have goals that are just to be productive mm. like, rather it's a goal of losing weight rather that's the goal of like accomplishing um a certain level of something rather that's like read this many books or like stay off the internet for this many hours like i don't want to quantify my goals anymore which sounds stupid because it's like how do you know you like hit that target. I'm like, I don't want it to be a target. I don't want this to be like this short term thing that I have to accomplish. And there's like either a failure or success yeah. kind of thing. I, I wanted a goal that I can just uh, 
do it because I want to do it and like I can decide as I'm doing it how much I want to do or not do uh, and not just set these arbitrary goals that's like okay week one you failed you know um, I don't want to like there's enough pressures that I think we put on ourselves in our daily lives that I just don't want yet another thing on my checklist that I have to like cross off I just want to do something for the joy of doing something um, so with that I've been um, on the YouTubes, I've been like watching, uh, I kind of fell into this trap of like listening to this sommelier um, who is black, educating me about wine. So like sommeliers are wine connoisseurs. Um, I love how nerdy he is about wine. He's not bougie about it. He's not like uppity about it. He really just genuinely wants people to be into wine as much as he is. And like, he got me. I want to be into wine too now. Now, like, I want to be tasty, like $10 bottle. He's like, don't go to your, like, don't go to Binnie's. Don't go to your, like, like, go to like local wine shops. Like, talk to your, like, wine person and figure out what you like and what you don't like. Um, and you will learn organically through just trying more wines and like there is even one one that I found really fascinating like he he drinks the same bottle of wine um, over the course of a year so like the first bottle was from like 1975 and then like 1980 then 1990 then then 2000s and whatnot and like I was just like it was and I'm like that's what I want to know is like do these years actually make a difference like how do you know and the answer is you don't, you just keep trying and like you can get a bad bottle of wine or a really great bottle of wine. Um, and so I'm like, I, do I invest in this? And he's like, it comes down to the glass, like how you're drinking it matters, which bottle, and so I'm like, is that what I want to like learn about next year? But I'm not like a huge, <laughs> I'm not a huge drinker, but I, I'm an, I can appreciate wine um, and what it does and like, and, and like the art of it, I, I do appreciate it. And so I'm like, that's that's something that I've been thinking about is like um, this very white people thing about like understanding wines and where vineyards are and like going to Napa <laughs> vacation, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> um, but I want to learn and like the 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 technical stuff and like buy a bunch of bottles of wine and test them out and see what I'm into because mm -hmm. I'm into it not because of whatever the label says I should be into or what other people think that they're into like it's very much like personal taste I'm like in, in a very real sense I feel like it's like a way for me to find out more about myself too yeah. in a very like very niche way nice okay. what about you I know. 20, any 2022 projections or aspirations no which is great like, yeah right I feel like this will be my first year like not having a like a superficial new year's resolution yeah. like I don't have a new year's resolution like I just want to um, just live and be grateful be grateful for what I have and, and who I have it with and just do my best to like show up in in positive ways and um as sincere and authentic as possible like that's just what I want for myself like I want to live a simple authentic life and I want to 
let people who are important to me like shine and to be supportive of uh, movement and movements um, in favor of like what's right and what's good. And I just want to be like courageous and resourced. Um, and that's just pretty like, I don't know, that's just pretty much it. It seems um, simple, but it actually takes a lot of effort to like do. Yeah. It's like very adult. I'm just still like, when, like, when did I, when did I become an adult? You know, it's just interesting, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. Like the last year was really challenging, like getting COVID while pregnant and having my son early and everything. But, um, but we did it and very much so you did. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> um, next time we meet, year. we'll be in January. Let's claim it. Let's claim it. January. January 2022. First pod of the year. There. Hopefully there's not another storming of the Capitol nonsense. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be Shadi's birthday, and hopefully we're just talking about the joys of that. Right. Hopefully. Yes. And some better K-dramas. Yes, and more K-dramas. K-dramas, <laughs> and also the ending of Insecure, because... Yeah, I need to yeah, catch up. You, you need to catch up, because we need to talk about this we on the show. I have a lot to say about it. Okay, done. Cool. Thank you, well, everyone. Thank you to the now eight people who listen. Hey, hey. Hashtag yes, we you. up in here. We up 28%. Mathematically, that's one person, <laughs> but I see you and I appreciate you. Every right. single one of you count. Every single one of you eight people count. Bless up. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>